0: You know, perspective and trying to open a business in town, I'm sure it would be a little bit more difficult, but still, I think that Fayetteville, everyone in Fayetteville is just looking for more.
1: Welcome to Appalachian Startup stories of new ideas that eventually became thriving businesses in areas that most would consider a bad investment. I'm JD Belcher, and I started this podcast because I took the same path as a lot of these folks. I'm a former coal miner and now make films through my own production company called JJN Multimedia. I wanted to hear others speak of their journey to not only give new beginners hope, but to help me grow as a fellow entrepreneur. Cassidy Bays comes from a family of entrepreneurs and is now the owner of the Raw and Juicy Juice Bar and Southside Junction Tap House in Fayetteville, West Virginia. While growing up, she learned the ins and outs of the business by watching her mom and dad develop their own with the popular food and coffee shop, Cathedral Cafe. We spoke about where her inspiration came from to start building her own dream and why she ultimately decided moving away just wasn't her cup of tea or, in this case, mug of beer.
0: Enjoy. Well, my name is Cassidy Bays and I am born and raised and from Fayetteville, West Virginia. Um, I started the juice bar the year that I graduated college, which was 2017. And then the year after that, we decided to open up Southside Junction Tap House, which was in 2018. Um, And then we've had both of those ever since.
1: So what spurred that? Like what started the idea of, hey, I'm going to open this restaurant and, you know, maybe a juice bar too.
0: So the juice bar, um, the juice bar was actually just an idea that we kind of had we at the cafe at cathedral cafe we already had certain juices and smoothies we were doing there um and I was working there throughout college and throughout my high school years and everything and honestly it was kind of pain in the butt to do them because you're slammed you know you're running around waiting on tables somebody orders a juice you have to run back do everything that you need to do to make the juice and it was kind of a pain in the butt so we were try not to do it anymore really but there was still a demand for it i mean we have so many people coming in this outdoor area to find healthy options and things like that that i wanted to keep it um and then we had the upstairs area in cathedral that was like a kind of like a thrift shop consignment that sort of thing um but that also wasn't doing as well as it could have been at that time so we kind of just switched them out um, i actually went up to snowshoe Um, and I was going on a snowboarding trip with my boyfriend at the time and we saw On the way back down the mountain. We saw this little shop. That was like a coffee shop that had Smoothies and juices and all that sort of stuff and it was awesome And I was like this would do so well in Fayetteville So we kind of you know made our idea off of that We thought it was really cool a really good idea and uh, we wanted to bring something like that to Fayetteville And we opened up the juice bar That was probably january of that of 2017 and then we opened the juice bar in april of 2017 so that was interesting, um, and then we had that for about a year. And the following year, that May of 2018, we opened up the tap house, and kind of the same thing. You know, we have a space for it. There was a space that was, um, you know, for rent in downtown Fable. Like that was a prime location that they had um, available. And my mom actually called me when I was on another snowboarding trip, which is interesting. Now that I think about it, uh, I was at West, and she's like, "So I did a thing," which to her means. Something big. And I was like, oh, what'd you do, Mom? Like, what's going on? And I found out that she just decided to rent the place and we had no idea what we were going to put in it. She's like, what do you think? I was like, well, I don't, saw it, on, like, you know, sat on it and thought about it for a couple of days. And uh, we decided to open up the tap house. There was nothing like it in Fayetteville. And a lot of people our age, you know, um, young 20s, early 30s, early 40s, even, I mean, we, d- we don't really have a place to go hang out you know, around here that's just relaxed and you can go grab a beer with your friends and hang out, have some live music. Um, So we opened that up and it was, I mean, it slid right into Fayetteville, honestly.
1: Yeah. And you mentioned Cathedral Cafe in passing. Like, how has that been involved in your life? And and, uh, you mentioned your mom. How has that kind of inspired you to get going?
0: So I grew up with Cathedral Cafe. My parents owned that. Um, They bought it when I was four. And I grew up, and I mean, there's still pictures of me just following them around tables, and uh, like while they were waiting on them. And I just grew up in that, you know, environment, seeing, being like a pillar of the community, being able to see all these people come in there. Growing up, like so many kids that were my age that I know now that are still here in Fayetteville, hanging out and doing stuff for themselves, or you know, were also in there together as well. Like we were all in there playing on computers or eating pancakes together, and. I watched my parents build that up and it became like a really big thing. You know, for a long time, though, I wanted to move away. I wanted to move to a different state and find something else to do. But I think when I when I was graduating college, I realized like how important that those kind of places are, especially in like southern West Virginia. And I wanted to add to Fayetteville just like they did.
1: And you mentioned wanting to move away. Like kind of why did you feel that way coming up and growing up? Did Did you feel like you had to move away to to maybe start something or kind of go through that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people have that that feeling of what is there to do around here, you know? Um there's only certain types of jobs that that do well around here or there were, you know, I think we're getting better with everything now. Um but really, I mean, the reason that I decided to stay here too is because I had the opportunity to make something, make a spot for myself instead of like trying to fill in something else that was already going on just because everything that was going on around here didn't really fit what I wanted to do. Like I love the outdoors and I love going to explore them and adventure and everything like that. But it was never something that was like, I wanted to be part of that industry. I love being here and supporting that industry. Um, or even like the medical field or, or, or coal mining or anything like that. I think they're super important, you know, but it was just never something that I felt drawn to. So I felt like if I wanted to do something else, I needed to leave because everyone around here does all of those things.
1: Right. and, did, did your mom inspire you any, like, when it come to that, like, or did she teach you as you, you came up of, like, what a business model is? How much do you charge for, a, you know, a cup of coffee or whatever? Like, what did you learn?
0: Oh, yeah. She, uh, she, <laughs> she, as much as she's tried to steer me away from trying to open a small business because of how much work it is, I mean, it really is a ton of work. Like, I, I don't think I actually fully understood what my parents did until I started doing it myself. Um, but yeah, you know along the way I hated math growing up in school awful at it completely awful And so my mom was like i'm gonna show you how to do math with money and I was like, oh, okay This makes way more sense now like it's actually tangible. I can I can hold it in my hand. I understand what this means and She showed me that and she I kind of just listened i'm pretty nosy (laughs) And I kind of just eavesdropped on her conversations with other people and watched her sit on the computer and doing all that kind of stuff and you know, watch my dad do all the graphic designing and all that sort of stuff for the businesses. And I kind of just paid attention to what they were doing. And that definitely helped me with what I'm doing now.
1: Oh, cool. Your dad's a graphic designer.
0: Yeah, he was. Yeah. He, um, he actually passed away the year that we opened the tap house. Mm. Um, but yeah, he was a graphic designer. He worked, um, for a couple of different companies in town. He did all of like the design, original design work for Cathedral Cafe and everything like that. And, um, he was really, really good at it.
1: Did he do like freelance work for
0: Um, you know, he he had a couple projects. He did this, the biggest one that he did well, for himself was actually the uh, Gali River map. It was the Gali Rescue map, um, which has become, you know, used by the Park Service and all of the local rafting companies and everything to find the direct sources way like into getting the quickest routes to the Gali River um, in case you needed like emergency, you know, evac somebody or anything like that.
1: Oh, wow. So opening a business in Fayetteville what is that like in this community like for someone who hasn't been there what is Fayetteville like
0: Fayetteville Fayetteville is is to me is is my family like I mean like I said I was born and raised here everyone everyone that had everyone that has been around this area knows who I am so for me it was easy it was it was I don't want to pretend like it was the easiest thing, but, you know, people supported me. They knew who I was. So it was, it was, they felt like they wanted to come and support my business, which was great. Um, coming from an outside, if you were coming from an outside, you know, perspective and trying to open a business in town, I'm sure it would be a little bit more difficult. But still, I think that Fayetteville, everyone in Fayetteville is just looking for more. We're all so excited to be able to add to our town, to be able to make our town better, to make it better for us, our families, and for people to come visit us. I mean, tourism is one of our biggest things here. And if we have more things that add to that, make people want to come, like that's the best thing about it is there can't be too many businesses and things like that, because you have something that's going on. And for example, when Secret Sandwich was still here, we had people that came up, you know, even just from Charleston to go to lunch there or whatever. While they were waiting there, they'd come grab a beer at the Tap House and they'd experience new stuff. It's never like, one business over another, we all add to this to this you know town of of we have so many exciting things for such a small town, and I think that's really great, and I think that it's great to have more and and honestly, in the past couple of years we've gotten a lot more, and people are really excited about it
1: right Th- so you noticed that excitement when you opened up like pretty quickly the tap house especially
0: oh yeah, the tap house we zoomed right in like we had <laughs> we had a game plan and we stuck to it like we started we started off strong, we had you know. Um, live music we had open mic nights we had beer bingo trivia nights it's just nice to have a place that there's there's something to do especially like the winter time or even in the evening time just that you don't have to just you know sit at your house like there's more things to do when i grew up here when i was like in high school and stuff like there wasn't that much to do um and even though we are like a tap house like we still are family friendly so kids can still come in with their families and everything like that they can come in and play trivia Um, They can come in and sing at open mic nights. Like we love being able to host that kind of stuff. And I think that that does have a special draw for the people around here just looking for something to do or even the people that are traveling that are like, oh, wow, this isn't just a sleepy little little town. You know, we have things to do here when we come and visit.
1: That's awesome. So you got this empty space and you come up. Well, I'm going to put a tap house here. What was the next step? Like, did you kind of sketch out what a business model may look like or did you try to seek some funding to help remodel or? what what was your first move
0: luckily um the space already like had a full kitchen and everything like that because it was a gumbo's cajun restaurant before that which was amazing if you never got to go to that that was i actually um served for them for about a year before um, this all switched over but that was awesome so they already had all of that stuff there we lucked out with that um and then we had a lot of extra stuff from the cathedral so it kind of just all fell together yeah the business plan was i guess was the biggest one and also I had a huge learning curve on learning all of the different beer. Like I knew beer. Okay. But man, what I didn't know about beer was a lot. And we studied that. I mean, I'm still learning about things like every day and trying to figure out what we wanted to have. You know, there's so many good local breweries now that you want to feature, but like with only a certain amount of taps and only a certain amount of rotation that you have, it's really hard to get them all in there. And I And we're still trying to find that happy medium of it, but I think that, you know, learning the business model of just having a business, we already kind of had the idea. Uh, My mom, you know, with Cathedral and everything like that, and I was managing Cathedral the year before that, so we already kind of had an idea with business in general. It was this more specific of being like a tap house. Like, how do you how do you be a tap house? Like, neither of us, my mom or myself, never had that kind of experience before so that was interesting
1: right and the beer what do you have what does a place have to do to be able to sell beer
0: Oh uh, well <laughs> jump through some hoops at first uh you know you have to go you have to have you know a fire marshal declare on how many people are allowed to be in there and then you have to take that information to the abc and then the abc has to come in and look at everything and make sure it's all kosher like everything It took a couple months to be able to, like, I think that we drove to Charleston to the ABC, like, headquarters and, uh, like, got our actual physical license because on the day that we were supposed to open because they didn't send it in time. So we had to drive down to Charleston to get it on our opening day so we could serve beer.
1: Oh, wow. It,
0: It took, it takes longer than you think it would. Like, every time, even every year that we renew our license, it's just, I mean, I know that they are busy, busy. Um, and even if we send it in early, it still sometimes gets there a little bit late. And, you know, it's probably our fault in the end game. Cause we probably do send it late every time, but it was, that's what we were most stressed out about. Cause you know, we're opening day, we're running around trying to get everything together. Super excited. Still don't have our license, you know? And if you, the ABC shows up without you having a license or the police show up without you, you're done. You're done. So we drove straight down to Charleston and back that same day, got our license, framed it, put it on the wall and opened the doors.
1: Uh, so there is a wait process with that. How do you, and, you know, I've been to the tap house and it's amazing. And there's dozens of beer. How do you make that selection of like, all right, well, I want this tap handle or I want, you know, do they kind of, does the vendors provide that information for you? Or do you just reach out to them and cold call them and say, hey, I'd like to put your stuff in my place?
0: A little bit of both. Honestly, um, we had like a lot of our local Breweries um do their own distributing. So, for example, um Free Folk Brewery here in Fayetteville. They uh they message me every week with a list of what beers they have available for me to purchase. I message them back, they bring it that week. You know, they do weekly distributions. Um some breweries that are from West Virginia that are a little bit further away, like a High Ground Brewery, for example, they shoot me an email and they come every two or three weeks. So, it's it was a, like everything in life, it's a learning process of what beers do well, what breweries do well, um, what we need to keep on draft all the time. We started off with only twelve beers on draft. Um now we have eighteen. And in about a month we're gonna have twenty four. So we're getting new taps. That's the most that there will be in Fayetteville um on for a selection. Uh, we're actually looking to grab some other things too that are like non alcoholic beverages like kombucha and we have root beer and things like that on draft as well for people to come try out some stuff if they don't drink. Um, but you learn a lot. So I found out that Favel loves IPAs. Favo loves sours. They um in the wintertime, a great, you know, vanilla porter is super popular. But you don't learn that I didn't learn that the first year. You know, you kind of sit back and see what everybody wants. And I also tell everyone, you know, if you like something and want to see something, let me know. And I'd love to get it for you.
1: That's awesome. So an an IPA, like what's the difference in an IPA and like a
0: stout? So <laughs> so people come in the tap house a lot and they're always like, um, well, just give me whatever you like. I'm like, well, what do you normally drink? You know, because that's like the that's the question at hand. And they're always like, well, I like lighter beers or I like darker. Beers. And you have to start with that because people don't know the difference between an IPA and a stout all the time. Um, an IPA, an Indiana Pale Ale is uh, definitely has all those hops. It's a lighter, crisper taste. Um to some people, they think it's more of like an acquired taste, for sure. And then on the opposite like spectrum is a stout, which is that darker, maltier, um, thicker beer that people have never tried. And I think that's super cool about the Tap House, too, is that we let you try anything when you come in. Um, we don't offer flights. We did at first, but it got too hectic. We just we're pretty laid back. We're like, hey, do you want to try this? Yeah, here's a sample of it. You know, go for it. And I love being able to let people um, around the area try all these different beers and see what they do like. I mean, I've had so many people come in there that are like, uh, well, you know, I, I only drink Blue Moon. I'm like, well, we don't have Blue Moon on draft. I don't have that. So how about we try this and this and this? And then they find out that they actually like porters, which is the complete opposite. So I think that's super interesting. Um, we have a lot of like ciders on draft, too. And getting to show the people like the difference of the taste of like an apple cider versus like the pear cider. People are mind blown. They love it. And I love it, too. I love seeing them get excited about it.
1: How has the collaboration been like, did the city welcome you all in or has there been any collaboration with the municipality?
0: What do you mean by that?
1: Like, uh, you know, uh, uh, selling beer at a place. Is there like any hurdles you have to jump or anything certain when it comes to that specifically?
0: Yeah. Um, so some people in the town like weren't too keen on the idea of having a bar in downtown Fayetteville, um, which totally understandable. However, you know, we are, like I said before, we're pretty laid back there. Like we're not throwing ragers and uh, doing a bunch of crazy stuff there. Um, we try to be as respectable to downtown as possible. We don't let, you know, we make sure we don't let people go outside with their beers and everything like that. People were just worried that they were going to have a bunch of drunk people walking around the downtown street. And uh, thankfully, we haven't had a lot of issues with that yet. Everyone. After we opened, you know, everyone has been super supportive of us. We've had, all, you know, all of our town officials come in there and hang out, um, even if it's just to get some food. They don't necessarily have to come in and drink, and um, like even the sheriff's department comes in and orders a buttload of wings sometimes, and they, honestly, we, we the support of Fayetteville in general has been crazy.
1: Yeah, and you're not necess- I mean, craft beer, you're going there, it's more of a social thing. You're not going there to get wasted. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's great. OK, so and you mentioned kombucha. Do you have like local vendors that supply that or where does that come from?
0: So the, the one that I know of that I'm trying that I haven't actually got to reach out to yet. So, hey, if you're listening to this uh, neighborhood kombucha, um, I'm pretty sure they're out of like the Morgantown area. Um, I've had their stuff before. It's actually for sale down at the Wild Art and Wonderful Things shop in Fayetteville. Um, it's delicious and they have it all on draft and you can buy it by the keg. So I was going to see if maybe I could get my hands on some of that. Um, just to have another option. I mean, we do have a lot of people that come in there and kids too, that, that will, they love the root beer on draft. We were getting um this craft root beer from big timber, which is a local brewery here in West Virginia, which is super cool um, and delicious. So we've been getting that um, our hands on that. And everyone's been loving that. I'd love to get some kombucha. And if there's anything else that, you know, that we could get that's non-alcoholic, I'd love to have at least probably at least three taps of something.
1: That's awesome. And your menu. So, Did you have a culinary background? Like, how did you shape your menu and figure out what you were going to start serving?
0: My mom helped a lot with that um, from her years with the cathedral. I love cooking. I've always loved cooking. Um, I'm a pretty good cook, but she's a better cook. (laughs) She she had so many ideas. I mean, we collaborated together on our ideas, but she definitely helped me nail down those recipes. And then the longer that I've been in there, I mean, I, I cook there, too. Like, I cook at the tap house. So... I've learned a lot just of a hands-on like trying to make different things and uh, I definitely was learning on the fly but we're getting better and I mean when we first opened up I think we had maybe I think I printed off like a little typed up menu that I made on like like google docs and printed it off and like laminated it like self lamination paper (laughs) and I like had it on all the tables and now we have like a full-fledged menu um we have like burgers and Tacos and wings, and we have poutine. We have cauliflower wings. We have so many like vegetarian options. When we first started, it was like fish tacos. Uh, I think we had a brat. We had like sliders and nachos. I think that was literally it when we first opened up. So it's it just really cool to watch it all evolve. And we didn't know that's what it was going to be. We had we just wanted like a few like food items that people could eat while they drink craft beer. We weren't even going to have a full fledged like kitchen staff. And now we have like a kitchen manager. We have a full staff back there. We have so many orders that we do a week because people are coming for the food now. And it's it's really interesting to see.
1: Yeah. And um, sp- speaking on the menu items. Do, is it something that constantly like you mentioned evolving is does it constantly evolve in the way that you like look at well maybe this item is you know I need to uh, raise this by a dollar. We're not really making money on that or is there anything you've had to remove.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We've um, that menu has probably changed at least three or four times um, what I did right before this menu came out which is probably one of our best menus that we've had is the best menu that we've had. That is the best menu we had. Um, We had this, I had a temporary menu, like another one that I typed up on Google Docs and just laminated and put it out and had a bunch of like random things that we didn't normally have, Uh, like some crowd favorites that were specials. Like, you know, we post a special, people love it. We try to add it to the menu, see how it does. And then if it does really well, it goes to the official menu. So like a lot of the stuff that we have on there now, um, our loaded munchie burger, our Nashville chicken sandwich, the poutine, um, all of that stuff was like, just specials that we decided to run one day and it was so popular people kept calling back for like when are you going to have us again when are you going to have us again so we're like "Well, well crap like we have to add this to the menu now but we've taken things off that haven't done well um we like a bunch like we had some certain tacos like when we first started i took those off and we've added new ones and we we had more vegetarian options like by the day honestly um our kitchen manager is vegetarian and our other head cook is a vegan so that's interesting to see uh and it's it's really cool because we get to try new things with them as well uh we always keep it try to keep it as fresh as possible um but yeah for like you know changing it by the dollar or anything like that we have to do that too we see we try to make it as reasonable as possible you know i'm not trying to gouge anybody's pockets by just coming to have a beer and hang out um but at the same time, you know, to, for us to be able to stay there, yeah, sometimes we do have to change, change things by a dollar or fifty cents, and and luckily people are pretty understanding about it. And like I said, we try to keep everything as reasonable as possible.
1: Awesome. And the staff in the early days, who was the staff? You and who else?
0: Um, we had a solid crew. Um, I was bartending a lot. We had it was honestly a lot of my friends from college wanted to come down and work from Morgantown from WVU. Um, which was super cool. And then um, I hired a few locals that were awesome as well. And we kind of just rotated all of our shifts. Um, We had like two bartenders on at a time, which now we only really have one and a food runner and we've gotten better. But, you know, it was, we had a solid crew of about eight people when we first started. Um, And then it actually, we have less staff now, like for the front of the house. We have a solid crew of like four or five people that work out front. And the two of them are just are like food runners. So they help run food, bus tables, you know, greet people, all things like that. But we only have three main bartenders. um, And I'm one of them. So we try to keep our staff as small as possible because people love what I've noticed. People love being able to walk into the tap house and knowing the bartender. They're like, oh, man, like, what's up, Morgan or Andy or who's ever there? Like, uh, you know, haven't seen you in a minute. Tell them about their day. Tell them what's been going on with their lives. Like, they know us. We know them. And that's the cool part about the tap house is like, it's cheers. Everyone knows your name. You walk in. We're like, hey, what's up? You know, you're back in town for the season. That's the cool part about springtime or right before summer starts. You see all the people that leave for, you know, skiing or whatever, snowboard season, go back out west, come back. You see them come in and we... Unfortunately, sometimes stop immediately what we're doing and run and give them a hug, which some people don't really care for. I've gotten a better view about that. <laughs> but uh, we we love seeing them. we love having them come back in and we love seeing that they love us, too.
1: Right. And did you kind of figure out the positions as you went along or did you just say, OK, well, this person has this set of responsibilities? And, you know, did things pop up that you had to add to certain people's re- responsibilities? Like, how did you come up with those initial duties?
0: We all kind of had the same duties. I mean, if you were a bartender on the floor, you had the same responsibilities as every bartender on the floor um, up until now. Now we actually have a, a specific kitchen manager in front of the house manager. Um, they're helping me. They started. We started doing that this year because I took over running Cathedral Cafe now. Um, so they started doing that to help me out, to be able to go over there and help them out as well. And uh, now they have a little bit more responsibilities than everybody else, but... Yeah, everyone kind of had the same responsibilities. We had certain duties that you had to do on certain days, you know, just like cleaning and things like and ordering. That was really important too. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I mean, we all kind of just did the same thing. We all swept, we all cleaned the bathrooms. Uh, we all cleaned up vomit if we had to. Like it was just how it is. We all just did the same exact thing to make it fair.
1: Sure. And uh are there yearly inspections how is it in the food service industry? With inspections and certain standards that you got to uphold.
0: Like the health department? Yeah. So the health department, um, they come every so every few months, every so often. Sometimes they will come like every month. Sometimes they will come, you know, a couple times in a month. Um, You don't really know. Sometimes they'll tell you when they're coming. They're like, I'll be back this day. But most of the time they just show up. So you have to be doing everything right. You know, you have to keep your food off the ground you got it which is well duh but you know for people that don't know you have to keep your food off the ground you have to keep everything clean you have to be wearing gloves you have to have paper towels and trash bags in the trash cans like all of these things that seem like they should be done have to be done so um (laughs) it's it's funny because even if you're doing everything right and everything's spotless and clean you still get a little nervous when they show up you're like oh my god we forgot something we forgot something but luckily, I mean, our staff's awesome. Like, I can't even get over it. We pass those tests with flying colors every time. And the health department's so nice. They've been so nice to us. I've heard, like, horror stories of, like, people that are, like, evil from the health department. Maybe that's in other states or other counties. But here in Fayette County, they're, they're pretty awesome.
1: That's great. And um, as, you, as you continue to grow, are you happy? Like you said, your staff's lowered now. Is that because you all have become more effective and you can kind of do more and you kind of have found the swing of
0: things? 100%. Yeah, we um we are a solid crew right now. Like we can we can run that place by ourselves if we had to. You know, like even if we get slammed, we could do it by ourselves. It's nice to have a food runner every once in a while, but the people that I have right now, I think it's just really important one huge thing that I've learned um running business and everything like that is to hire people that can think for themselves. You know, you don't want to have to be there to hold their hand all the time Um, You don't want to have to micromanage and and i've learned I was a micromanager at first and I learned that to not micromanage You have to hire people that can think for themselves Um, and and man these people do they if there's a problem They solve it without even calling me and maybe I might be like the third person they call They're going to call a couple other people first to get some ideas of what they should do to fix the situation And if then they can't figure it out then they give me a call and I think that's super important like and also to to give them the opportunity to think for themselves as well. Like we're all, you know, adults and humans that have our own thought process on everything. And they if there's a problem, they fix it. If they have an idea for something, we all make up our specials there. Like food, the bartenders help think about it, the kitchen staff thinks about it. Like it's not just it's not just meat at all. Honestly, it's more them than anything at this point. Like they they are awesome and I can't speak more highly of them. That's great. How
1: did you set up the financial side of it? Like, do you run everything through, you know, QuickBooks or like, how do you keep track of the transactions, you know, when tax time rolls around?
0: So we use Square, um, which is just another um, processing system, kind of like Toast or Aloha or anything like that. Um, And we really like them, they work really well for what we do there. Um, And then we use a local accounting firm. We use Ed Ryan's office, which is right down the road here. So, I'm here in no Oak Hill, and honestly, the the mix of the two work out really well. We uh, we you know do all of our own depositing and all of that kind of stuff, and and then we take it to them when it's time to do it and print off our you know invoices and everything on Square, and it is super smooth.
1: That's awesome. Uh, makes it a lot easier too having mm-hmm. someone local, and you don't have to do it yourself. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Um. <clears throat> so. Uh. Where do you see the tap house going? Like, are you good? Are you thinking of another business you're wanting to start or?
0: I'm always thinking of another business. I want to start. I'm slightly addicted to, to trying to do something else. I get bored really easy and not that I'm bored at the tap house at all, but my brain just keeps going. Like, I'm just like, okay, so if this works and this is doing really well, this could be really good. But you know, it's, it's different things. I don't want to, open up a million tap houses here in southern west virginia like maybe in other states but not here like i would like to do other things um i want a food truck really bad i want to do that um also would love to open a boutique would love to open a record store would love to open so many other things like just around the area just things that i want to do and i realized you know and when you open up things that you like and you know that like your friends like or your family likes you're going to do well Uh, if you have an idea and people also love that you should do it. If there's an opportunity for you to do it, you should 100% do it. Like that's how it was at the tap house. Like we were, when we were opening it, we all kind of just were like, this has to work because it works everywhere else. And we have the people here that want this. Um, so yeah, my brain's always running on something else that I want to do, but, uh, that might be a later conversation.
1: That's great. Well, uh, throughout the pandemic, How has your brain been, and how has that affected your restaurants?
0: So, no one is prepared for a global pandemic. I've realized, you know, not even the not even the best companies in the world are not prepared for a global pandemic. That that was it's wild. Um, It's the biggest learning curve that I think a lot of people have had to face. Um, Luckily, Cathedral Cafe did. We decided to do, like, um, take-home family-style dinners, and we actually turned into, like, a small grocery store. We had, like, local eggs. We were buying, like, bulk uh, toilet paper because nobody could find toilet paper around here. And, like, we weren't charging crazy amounts for it at all. We were just trying to help out our friends and family in the town to have toilet paper, you know? (laughs) You you need that. Um, We had, like, potatoes for sale. We had bananas for sale that we could, like, order through our companies and sell to people that couldn't go to the store. Or couldn't you know find it at the store we were trying to help them out with that and and that was doing really well and uh we were so open for like people to come in and get coffee or like to go food um the tap house we were only open four days a week for to carry out orders and like you could buy beer to go which was cool but however you know the tap house normally thrives off of open mic nights and bingo and trivia and all those events that we put do every week so when we weren't able to do those we I did feel like we lost a little bit of our identity of who we were and it did take a little bit of time to get people back in there after all of that you know when you're used to going and doing these things every week um, and then they stop happening you just get out of the flow of doing them Uh, and just just now like probably right now is when we're starting to see people like our locals come back out and our locals coming to our trivia nights and our open mic nights that we're just now starting back up again so That was interesting, Um, but we made it, you know, and I think that that's that's all that matters is that we made it through it and we learned a lot. We adapted and that's all you really can do.
1: That's right. Well, and correct me if I'm wrong, near the beginning, didn't they shut down bars for an extended amount of time?
0: Yep. Yep. Um, We they shut down bars. So if you were still serving food, so we lucked out. Um, If you were serving food, you could still be open. Um, you, people were not allowed to come in and drink though. Like I couldn't sell you a beer and have you sit at the bar. I could sell you beer to go. The ABC was super cool about that. They, uh, decided that, you know, if you wanted to come in and buy some of our cans and bottles that we had, I could sell it to you You could take it back home with you with your to-go food. But I could not have somebody come in there and, and have a beer. Like we would get fined. Um, so yeah, if bars, if they were not selling food, they had to shut down. They had to shut down. Um, luckily we still had food and we were still pumping it out. It was just me and our kitchen manager, Kelly. We were the only two people working at the time. Just I was out front and she was in the back. We were putting out to go orders and I was helping her cook and she was helping me answer phone calls and doing the best we could with just two of us.
1: Did you have to pretty much lay off the staff for a period of time?
0: Yeah, I had to lay off everyone but us too. So it was just there. We weren't we weren't able to stay open seven days a week just because we weren't having that many sales like food sales. Um, The four days that we were open helped us out though because people knew we were open those four days, so they wouldn't know to call. And we had the cool part about it was we had so many locals, like like two of our two of my favorite people that come in there all the time, um, Casey and Brooke. They came every week that we were open, if not one time, two or three times, and got to go food just to make sure that they were supporting us so we could stay through. And they weren't the only ones, you know. Those are just the first two that popped in my head, but we had so many people just coming in there and 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 giving money to us even though we knew they've already eaten our food like three times that week just to make sure that we would be okay over the pandemic the cafe and the tap house we were getting these letters in the mail um addressed to us as somebody from harry potter with cash in it and we were just giving that to the staff you know we would just give it to the people that were working and everything and uh it was just like they were like saying like you can pull through this and they would be like signed from like Voldemort or something like that (laughs) I still don't know who it was so if you're listening and that was you thank you so much because that wasn't just it was perfect like you you made us laugh and and you were helping us give our staff money and being able to stay open it was the coolest thing ever and I still don't know who you are but thank you so much Um, I still have one of the letters actually in my uh, dresser at home just because I wanted to keep it it was just so nice and they said you know just Thank you for doing what you do and and helping out this town, and uh, you know the Dark Lord sees you or something like that, and it was like signed with Baltimore, and I still don't know who it was, but I thought that was awesome.
1: Wow, is and for lack of a better word, does that give small businesses an advantage in a community like Fayetteville? You think Uh, not getting lost in the noise?
0: Definitely. Um, I mean, we've had our locals are our backbone. They will always be our backbone, no matter if we you know, blow up from being a national park now. Our locals are still so helpful to us and and just so important. They come in all the time. You know, they're the ones that are here over the winter normally. They're the ones that, that's why we do open mic nights and trivia and bingo and all that stuff. That's It's for them, you know? I'm trying to give those people something to do just like I was a local here with nothing to do. I'm trying to help them have something to do so they all don't feel like they have to leave too to find something else.
1: That's great. And the national park designation, have you noticed already a change or is it kind of?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This past summer was was so interesting. Um, I don't know if it was just because of the national park or because, you know, it was the summer after COVID and everything like that. Probably a mixture of both. However, it was nuts. It was nuts. Um like the cafe, we had to switch completely over from doing table service to doing fast ordering. So they come up to the bar to order and we still carry out their food and buster tables and everything like that. But like we had to completely switch over to that because our turnover rate was so high. Um, we had l- lines out the door. We had to start putting picnic tables out in the street to just let people eat and serve them food. Um, the tap house, like our food sales have skyrocketed just because so many people are in this town looking for somewhere else to eat um other than like the same couple restaurants that they were going to before we have so many people coming in to grab a beer before or after they go on a hike or after they go climbing or or rafting and want a place to come tell their stories at and talk to talk to us about it and it's just the amount of people already is crazy and i i'm excited for next summer but i'm also a little scared like i'm i'm going to have to have like way more staff to get it, get it through that
1: And that brings up a good point to clarify for people who don't know the new River Gorge region or the new River Gorge area has just been designated as a national park. So with that becomes, you know, more people. So how have you all been preparing so far in having the capacity to handle that?
0: Well, you know, like, like I said, we were just, we switched over from table service to fast ordering at cathedral and that's helped out a lot. We like our instead of like having we used to have like servers that would come out to your table go back make your coffee drinks come back out you know actually wait on you right now i have a barista that stands at that espresso machine with tickets lining her counter of drinks like she can't leave like she has to ask like somebody to come over there so she can just go pee like she cannot leave for the hours that she's there like we just get stuck i normally run the register when i work at cathedral and i have a line out the door the entire time like it was crazy even this year um we didn't have bridge day here. But let me tell you what, people still came. People were still here. We had, it was raining. I still remember it was raining, pouring. I had people lined down the street in raincoats at the cafe, down the steps, down the street, on Court Street, waiting to come in and order food in the rain. It was crazy. Like, and I can only imagine how next summer is going to be. This summer was kind of hard. Um, we didn't, you know, we had that short, a short staffing problem for a little bit. Um, like, I was working at the cafe for, eight hours, and then going straight up to the tap house to cook at night because we didn't have enough people at both places. Luckily, that only went on for like two months, and I didn't want to, you know, cry anymore. But we, we made it through. And um, at the end of the summer, we did find a lot of people that were looking for jobs. Um, but next summer, I'm already like trying to brainstorm what I can do to pull some people in there to come work.
1: And speaking of staff shortage, you know, it's a national thing right now. That you hear a lot that people are having a hard time finding workers. How have you been able to maintain and retain employees?
0: We, I think that's a really cool thing about like small businesses is that it's more of like a family dynamic. Um, and I hate saying that because I just found out recently that, that apparently is like a bad thing. Um, apparently, like small businesses say that and it's more toxic than anything. But we try to be as as helpful to our employees as they are to us. You know, we couldn't do what we do. Without all of those people. So we try to take care of them. We give them incentives, um, you know, trying to give people raises as, as much as we can, you know, trying to just take care of them, be understanding, understanding, you know, that people need days off. You can't just work everyone to death, you know. And I think that when you do that, you can keep those people that you have, and having those core people is really important. And, you know, recently, all these other people that are just trying now to find jobs are seeing that too. They're like, you know, their corporate job wasn't taking care of them they didn't see them and i think it's really important to see who they are as individuals and as people and um, you know we all have our problems and everything that we go through and and honestly if you see them as people and you know take care of them and take care of the people that take care of you i think that that's the most important part and i think that's what keeps people around and once you realize that you won't have that problem anymore
1: that's great, and with the increase uh, number of tourists, Fayetteville as a whole—you know, it's a small town, but it's you know beautiful town. Have you noticed like an increase? Like, how has everyone been handling the additional traffic?
0: I mean, we had—I think we had three businesses, four businesses, maybe three or four businesses open up the year of the pandemic, and they're still open which is great I think we maybe lost one but like we have three new boutiques like little shops in downtown Fayetteville and um, that opened up the year of the pandemic that people weren't allowed to come into their doors you know um and they're doing well everyone's doing well like it's it's crazy I mean honestly maybe a little too well like we're all we're all tired like when it got down to the end of golly season this year you could just see it you know what wouldn't I'd go out to restaurants and I'd see the staff. They're like, you know, I'm so sorry. Like, there's a weight, blah, blah, blah. And you could just see that they're tired. And I was like, don't you worry about it. Like, I get it completely. You're fine. Take your time. They, um, we all dealt with it the best that we could. It was crazy. One crazy summer. Um, probably the first of many. So we all kind of got a taste of what it's going to be like. And I think that everyone is going through a little bit of a learning curve. And, um, and I think that next summer we're all going to be a little bit more prepared. Uh, Probably not 100 percent prepared. who knows what the next one's going to be like, but like the numbers, like just the number of different like customers coming through your doors is is crazy. Like square, I don't have an exact number off the top of my head, but like square thankfully, keeps track of all your new customers, and I know it was like tenfold. It was nuts.
1: Oh, cool. And, and would peak season be golly season, would you say, or like, can you gauge throughout the year if you're going to be slow or if you're going to be busy?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, since we're in, like, a tourist town, especially, like, a, a, a summer, a warm weather tourist town, so, like, May through the end of October, you just know it's going to be crazy. You just know. There, there's no slowing down. Like, around here, we call it Angry August, because in August, everyone's tired. Everyone's already tired, and we're getting ready to go into golly season, so we have another three months of being tired. and, um. We have like a little bit of a lull in the like right in the middle of August when all like the kids start going back to school and stuff. So people stop coming here for summer vacation. Um, But then it just comes right back up again like that first week of September when golly season starts and people start coming down here. Um, This year we didn't have that lull. Like there was no time in between for like a week or two weeks where it slowed down. It was just busy the entire time. Um, And I think that was kind of like all of us being like oh okay like all right let's buck up it's time to do this like here we go and I think I think I personally think next year's gonna be even crazier do
1: you have seasonal employees
0: yeah um, we a lot of our positions are seasonal uh, just because you know we do slow down um, a little bit in the winter time I did keep a lot more people on this time though just because I wasn't quite sure what this winter was going to be like this is our first winter after COVID um, well you know after I put in quotations uh yeah after covid and our first winter as a national park so you you don't know what you're getting into and i didn't want to cut everybody off and then just get our butts kicked that winter so we are you know there's some days that we are like really busy this week for example where it's um, a holiday week we are getting our butts kicked again like everyone's here coming to visit family or just traveling or trying to go somewhere new for thanksgiving um, Like I know like a lot of local Airbnbs and stuff are filled up because people wanted to have Thanksgiving somewhere else and they wanted to come here, which is cool. Um, unexpected, but cool. So we still have a lot of our summertime staff on right now, just in case, just in case we're still kind of holding our breath.
1: <laughs> Very cool. Um, So what would you say to someone who may have an idea to start a restaurant in this area? What kind of qualities does an entrepreneur need to you know not only create something but to be successful at it
0: uh you got to have thick skin and you got to be adaptable uh you know not everyone's going to like what you do not everyone's going to like your ideas um and and if they don't you need to get over that and figure out something else because if you don't you're not going to last you like there were certain things that i wanted to do um like with the tap house or at the cafe and people were just like, mm, no, nope, we don't like that. And they didn't want to do it. So we stopped doing it. Um, you know, you think that all of your ideas are the best ideas. That's not always true. Um, it's rarely true. You need to be able to listen to other people, listen to people that are smarter than you, um, ask for help when you can. Um, but if you can do all of those things and, you know, you have a optimistic mindset and a realistic mindset, that's also very important. Um, And you have the place to do it and it's well-trafficked and you have good parking and you are knowledgeable in whatever you're trying to do. I think go for it because the more the merrier, Um, you know, and then you're also creating a place for more jobs. And I think that's really important around here, too. If you have the capacity to be able to open a business and hire people from the area and people that are coming here for the summer and making it more of a livable destination for everyone, I say do it.
1: Have you always been collaborative in nature or was that something that you kind of grew into as you crossed hurdles? <laughs>
0: uh, I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, to to an extent, you know, I was happy to, you know, hear other people's opinions and, and uh, take them into consideration. Uh, but like I said, you know, I totally thought that some of my ideas were better than the other ones, but they weren't. So that was just, you know, a little humbling. But, uh, you know, it, it's so cool to be able to hear everybody else's ideas and be like, oh my God, that's great. What a great idea. Let's do that. That's way better than what I was thinking. Like, And just being able to bounce ideas off of people. Like, I've had people that don't even work for me that, that just come in the restaurant and they're like, you know what? You should. You guys should try this. And I'm like, that's an amazing idea. We are 100% going to do that. And I love that kind of stuff. Like. Um, I think beer bingo was my buddy Kyle's idea. Actually, um, he went and he went somewhere else out of state and did it one time and he was like, we should do that. I think it would go really well. And now people won't stop hitting us up about it. We didn't do it this summer because it was so busy. We didn't, we couldn't like have extra people in the restaurant other than the people that were already there. Um, so we're gonna have to figure that out. But people were calling like, when's beer bingo start again? And for anyone that doesn't know what beer bingo is, uh, it's a regular bingo while you drink beer, which perfect. Yep. I mean, goes hand in hand, really. Mm -hmm. Anytime you can play a game while you're drinking beer and not really pay attention, just listen for the numbers that I'm calling out. Uh, It went really well. Everyone loved it. We always did like a, so if you won, you brought up your card to me. I I was hosting it. I would sign the back. I'd write the date. You'd keep your card. And then we would do that from May until the end, the week of bridge day. We would do it, which is like the third week of October normally. And we, you'd keep all your cards we'd have a winner's only round. So only the people that have won cards that whole season can play. And you bring all of your cards. So say, for example, you win 10 times. You have 10 cards that you can play at once. So you have the 10, you know, you're more likely to win this prize. And our prizes were big. Like we did a brand new TV one year. Um, I think we did a Rocky Mountain raft like inner tube, like inflatable inner tube, which is basically made out of like raft material that you're taking down the river um and and that's what you could win so like if you played all year round and like you know came and like supported us and gave us money for your beers and all that kind of stuff and just had fun with us we tried to reward you you know at the end of it um and then also other than that you we also got a bunch of like beer swag from like our distributors and stuff so like a bunch of t-shirts like you know bud light t-shirts and keychains and flashlights and sunglasses and if you won you got your card signed and you got a prize and then at the very end you got a bigger prize so i mean it was just a lot of fun and That was an idea that was not mine at all. And it went so well.
1: Sign me up.
0: Right. Exactly. You got to come back out when we do it again.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, wrapping up last question, you know, communities like Fayetteville and, and other towns across West Virginia, what are your hopes on the future here? Post coal.
0: You know, I just hope that people don't think that they have to leave. Um, and I think that we're getting to a place where that is becoming more, uh, a more stable opinion. Um, because, I mean, even I have, I still have friends that are like, why, you know, why are you still hanging around there? Why? I mean, even though I have a business, they're like, you know, get out, go, go do something else. I'm like, well, if I leave, like who, who's going to stay? Like we can't all leave. So I think that the more people that decide to stay and that can, that are able to stay, you know, I know that it's not always, um, people can't always do that. but. I think that if we have more jobs around here, more things to do, um, I think that people would stay and I think that we'll have more money in our area and that more people will come here. And and I just want everyone to see West Virginia and especially Southern West Virginia the way that I do. Um, And I definitely see it with rose-colored glasses. (laughs) But uh, I was born here. Um, I grew up here. I went to college at WVU and I came back and I love this place and I want everyone else to see it the way that I do.
1: Beautiful. And people with, you know, like you said, not everyone can stay, but people with the means and the capabilities and the knowledge like you are doing huge things when they do stay, because I think this place is as good a place, if not better as any to where you can create your own industry, kind of, yeah, kind of, you know, not like a playground, but it kind of is like a business entrepreneurial playground if you can find your niche.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I've just in the past couple of years, I've seen so many like things start up, Um, even like, for example, like the media teams that that have been going on here. Like, that's awesome. That's something new that's not been around here all the time. Businesses, just local businesses starting up, Um, all kinds of different things that people can do without having to be in a certain place. You know what I mean? Like, or trying to highlight the area that they're in, uh, and I think that there's so many more opportunities for things like that to be here. And I love that people are starting to realize that that they can stay and they can do this, and we can make you know Southern West Virginia something that people want to look for, they want to come for, they want to stay for.
1: Cassidy, your work ethic and dedication inspires me to do more with my own efforts, and I appreciate the motivating conversation. Listeners can learn more about Southside Junction Tap House and Raw and Juicy Juice Bar by visiting their locations in downtown Fayetteville, West Virginia, and also following them on Facebook. Appalachian Startup is a bi-weekly podcast, so be sure to check back for more stories of entrepreneurship Like us on Facebook and Instagram and support the show by grabbing a sticker from our online store at AppalachianStartup.com. Review our podcast on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud as well. We are on Patreon. You You can support the show there and allow us to showcase more businesses in Appalachia. Stay tuned for more stories of underdogs on the rise.